Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Quiet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silent Podcasts, where we are anything but silent. This is our brand new House of the Dragon coverage called Fire and Pod. We are here today with our panel that's going to be covering House of the Dragon throughout the season. Um, I am your host, Katie. Uh, some of you may know me from Real Housewives, uh, Big Brother, I, you know, all over the place. Um, I'm here with Josh. Josh, how are you? Doing great. I'm, uh, yeah, excited to talk some Game of Thrones prequel here. Awesome. And Chanel. Chanel, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm super stoked to talk about this. I don't come on many pods often, but when I do, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, I'm honored to have you here. When you said you were into it, I was like, yes, Chanel. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Um, so this is super exciting. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit with you guys first about like just your history with Game of Thrones, what you thought, how, you know, what your relationship to the show is. Did you read the books? Did you watch the show? So Josh, what, tell me a little bit about your Game of Thrones journey. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I definitely got into Game of Thrones, I think around season two, because I think when I watched season one, it was like binging the whole thing in like one day. 
Um, and so <laughs> uh, after season one, I definitely got hooked or yeah, it, somewhere around that time and, and then just have watched, you know, every week that it was out since then. Um, I've also read the books, the ones that have come out. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read some of the ancillary material. So like the, what we're going to be talking about with the prequel here, the stuff that's the source material for the show. I haven't read that, although I'm pretty familiar with with uh, the overall story. Um, but yeah, as far as the a Song of Ice and Fire books proper, um, I have read those. Uh, again, the ones that are out, which I know is a touchy subject. We're, you know, yeah. we're going to be doing a lot of dancing here in this conversation around touchy subjects when it comes to Game <laughs> of Thrones. And uh, that's one of them, obviously waiting for George R. R. Martin to finish uh, this masterpiece of the series. But yeah, so I'm I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I have loved it um, until the end, um, which is now the time to talk about how we, this last series left off, because that obviously was, uh, yeah, it's a very loaded uh, part of the conversation entering into this whole series we're going to talk about. For sure. And Chanel, what about you? What are, What's your history with Game of Thrones? Are you a show watcher, a book reader? Uh, I hate the show. I'm not sure why I'm here. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm both. I'm both. So I actually initially started as a show watcher. Um, you know, my my boyfriend at the time was like, you got to watch this show. And I'm like, nah, this sounds dumb. Dragons and magic and whatever like this what, what's what's going on here um but i watched like the first i watched the first episode and like that episode was pretty action-packed um and i'm like i need to hear i need to watch more so after watching the first season i was just like really hooked i really wanted to know more but i didn't really want to wait until the next season so i started reading the books kind of getting the background of everything um and i i read those books so fast i think i read every single book even the fifth, because the fifth one I think came out, or I forget what season, but I read, I, I even got the big edition of the book that's like the hardcover that wow. you can't fit into any purse ever, but somehow <laughs> I managed to fit it in my purse on the bus and read that whole thing. Um, so I've been a book reader, I play the games, uh, I haven't read any of the novellas or anything like that, but uh, you know, I, I try to keep with like the main source material, but we'll see how uh, House of Dragons goes. I might have to start reading, you know, uh, a lot of the the fire and blood and all that kind of stuff novellas and stuff that connect but yeah total fan love game of thrones total house targaryen even with uh, the whole ending and everything still house targaryen because at the end of the day i'm all about you know the fire side of fire and ice <laughs> so, yeah awesome. mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm mostly i'm a show watcher i was watching since season one on hbo so i didn't have a ton of catching up to do and i didn't read the books i started reading some of them i didn't really get through most of them um just because life but um i did i did dig through some of like the wikis and you know just tried to figure in you know i'm like deep in the subreddits of just trying to figure out what what is the difference between the show and the books and what how is the story meant to be told We've talked a little bit about the show itself, Game of Thrones and the ending. Obviously, we know it's a touchy subject. I don't I know it was not very popular. Um, it seems like probably the three of us all agree with that and have a similar opinion. So were you excited when you heard that that all of it? Well, originally, there were a bunch of prequels that were announced, and I think most of them or all of them got scrapped except for this one. What were your feelings when you started seeing some of the trailers and when the show came out? Like, were you psyched? Were you like, I don't know about this? Because I was a little, I don't know about this. Yeah, it feels like, you know, someone's broken your heart once. And, you know, you had a great, I feel like Game of Thrones had a great relationship. And then it ended pretty poorly yeah. on a sour note. Now they're like, no, I've, I've, I'm fixed. I'm better. Trust me. 
I've, I've done a lot of work. I've gone to therapy. <laughs> Take me back. And I feel like I'm in a, a cautious optimism that, you know, the Game of Thrones crew, they've done their work. Maybe it's time to give them a second chance. So that's that's kind of where I am. Yeah, I was uh, I was excited because I feel like with the with uh, anything that's before, um, you know, the story, you know, that finished uh, would kind of go back to the old school roots, you know, early on Game of Thrones kind of stuff. So I and obviously I'm a Targaryen fan, Stan, whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm I'm here for anything to hear about more about dragons, more about that history, more about that whole family, because, you know, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to see all the craziness. I want to see all that kind of stuff. So I was really excited about this one and the cast looks really good and uh, there's a lot of story to be told. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of the origins and everything like that. Um, I, I feel like it will go back to the roots of what made us really like uh, Game of Thrones, um, which is just like a really rich story, really rich characters. Um, so I'm, I'm exci- I was excited. I was a little apprehensive um, just because I feel like the ending of Game of Thrones left us so I I can't think of something in pop culture that has had such a rise and then such a total plummet since the Game of Thrones finale. Like, I really can't think of anything where everyone's just like, "Okay, well, that's over. Usually when shows end, even if they have a pretty bad ending, there's still like a lot of conversation about it or some people agree, some people disagree. This felt like it it ended and then no one talked about it anymore. It just left <laughs> pop culture altogether. Like nobody wanted to mention it. We were busy crying. You know? yeah, yeah, we were all busy mourning what it used Drinking to be. Drinking wine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then, you know, then we heard, well, we heard all the, the prequels coming out. Some of them got scrapped. So, you know, we were kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe this is not going to be that good. And now we're finally seeing some trailers of the show. We're hearing what the show is really going to be about. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that maybe the show was going to be about Robert's Rebellion, but it is not. It's like 200 years before Robert's Rebellion. Yeah. um, Which is exciting. I think it's going to tell a story that a lot of people don't really know and aren't super familiar with, like myself included. I haven't gone this deep into, you know, the history of, you know, the Targaryen family or Westeros in general. So I'm excited to learn a ton more about some of the players and the the politics back then. Um, So we could talk a little bit about what we know um, before we're going to kick off watching. So the show starts next Sunday, which is August 24th, uh, 21st, sorry, and will be 10 episodes long. Supposedly, each episode costs $20 million each, which is kind of wild. Um, Whoa, yeah, so I no expect they scrap be... the rest. Right, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't afford it. Exactly. <laughs> I expect that to mean there's going to be dragons everywhere. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, from the trailer, uh, like some of the stuff I've been watching behind the scenes or whatever, it seems like it's very dragon heavy, and which makes sense because if you look at the lore of Targaryen, a lot of times what kind of solidifies you as like this Targaryen warrior is that you take control of a dragon even like older warriors dragons because dragons are uh, are like hundreds of years old or whatever so you know there has to be dragons <laughs> like it just it just you know they're there they're, they're such a vital point they show the strength of a targaryen so i feel like there's gonna be dragons all over the damn place yeah really and even calling it house of dragon i know that that up is a metaphor and you know uh, referring to the Targaryens but I do think that that's also a promise that the show is making hey come watch this show 
there will be dragons. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's not, you know, a ton of dragons, then I think it will dis be disappointing, to be honest, for, uh, for I mean, for myself, but I'm sure for a lot of people as well. Because I do think that, like, the they do that stuff really well. No matter what, you know, season eight of Game of Thrones gave us, like, that was garbage. Uh, the, like, VFX, that kind of stuff is has been really really well done throughout the series and so i think that like, i trust them to do the dragon stuff well as well not overuse it but um and stick to the more grounded character-based storytelling that we're used to but i do hope to see some dragons yeah totally and i i totally agree with you i think that was always the really high point even when the story got a little wonky um especially towards the end we still they still always gave us something really incredible to look at so it should be really exciting um to watch and the if the budget says anything we're going to get a lot of visual effects. We're going to get a lot of dragons. And when you hear about the lore of like back in the day, it really does seem like when the Targaryens were in rule and they were at their height, dragons were everywhere. And, you know, they were, you know, warriors on the backs of dragons. So I'm expecting to see a good amount of that, which I'm excited for. That should be really very different than what we saw um, in the main show. Um, our showrunners are Miguel Sapochnik and Ryan Condal. So... You guys may know Miguel Sapochnik. I don't know if the, his name is familiar to you, but he did direct a ton of some of our favorite, at least my favorite. I don't want to speak for you guys, um, but just the fandom's favorite episodes like Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, Winds of Winters, Winds of Winter, The Bells, um, which questionable. That's the one where, you know, Daenerys kind of <laughs> lost it. But, um, you know, still a visually stunning episode. Um, so hearing that Miguel Sapochnik is involved, that gets me excited because he always delivered in Definitely. the main series. So that makes me <clears throat> have a lot of uh, confidence, a lot more confidence than, you know, D&D. But Ryan Condal, I did look him up and he doesn't really have very many notable credits at all. He gives me D&D vibes because I think, I don't know if you guys know, but D&D really didn't have uh, many credits to their name when they got the show, which is very surprising. Um, and neither does Ryan Condal, who's the other showrunner. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Does that make you nervous a little bit? Or do you feel like Miguel Sapochnik? Maybe he's great. I mean, I don't really know, but I feel like Miguel probably had a say because Miguel's probably the, um, you know, the veteran here. So I feel like he wouldn't just let some random person come. So I feel like he maybe trust this other person i'm not i'm gonna you know and also the i'm gonna even though the ending whatever i'm gonna give the studio i'm gonna give the studio like their credit like we did get some really wonderful episodes i feel like if they have miguel on board then they know what their vision is so you know i feel like this person would follow it as well also let's circle back on miguel because the visuals alone from battle of the bastards is just yes. like um I'm just I'm so stoked now just hearing that because I didn't even know who the showrunners mm. were. And now that I know that, like, you know, I see the 20 million dollars. <laughs> yes, I see it. I see it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I think that I'm very excited to have uh, him at the helm as well as um, George R. R. Martin is also a co-producer. Um, and so he's given his blessing to the show as well. I know he's written on his blog saying that. Uh, he's seen nine of the 10 episodes oh, great. and that they're really good. He said, you know, he, the VFX have yet to be added. So he couldn't speak to that part. But <laughs> as far as the storytelling goes, he said that it, they, they even added to uh, some of the, the material that he said. So he gave them a compliment as far as like what he thinks. And uh, that makes me feel good. Cause um, I, yeah, he was very involved in the beginning of the game of Thrones series and then tapered off 
Um, no, famously, of course, they ran out of his source material because he had yet to finish the series. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, the Game of Thrones series really went off the rails. So I'm very optimistic about their the fact that there is source material for them to work off of and they, they can just fill in, you know, a lot of the detail. It's like um, Chanel already said, it's kind of a novella that they're, you know, that they're going to stretch out into a series. Um, so there's a lot of gaps to fill, um, but it's uh, definitely like the overarching story is there. And I think that can help them in pacing and not run into the same issue. So I'm not worried, I think, for the same reasons. Like, I'm not worried that they're going to do the exact same thing as what happened with Game of Thrones and that the ending is just going to be horrible or something. I think the prequel series and spinoff series already have their own pitfalls and traps that make me worried. Um, I, I, I hadn't really ever thought prequel series were a good idea up until... Better Call Saul, to be honest, which uh, is finishing up this week and yep. very excited for that last episode tomorrow. But um, and I feel like if they take some notes from the Better Call Saul department, um, I think that they can do something really well, because I think I would have been more much more skeptical, honestly, on a prequel series if it wasn't for Better Call Saul. And I think the biggest thing there that they've done super well without giving any spoilers away or anything is just that, it's just that their prequel story serves the characters of that series before it serves the characters and story of the original series. So I feel like too many prequel series, prequel movies, like fill in kind of details uh, from the original series or movie and just kind of like point at like, oh, like this is how that thing came to be that way in the movie that you saw. And it's just kind of like, almost like just a series or show or movie full of Easter eggs. And then that's mm -hmm. kind of emotionally hollow. But I feel like if you can do a prequel story that's really well done, that really is first and foremost about those characters, then, you know, and then it kind of is connected to like the main series. Then I think you can like really, you know, then it can be its own thing and enjoyed, you know, with I think emotional resonance and things that like make the series feel like you can really dig your teeth into. And so I think that's where also it's a benefit that they're going back hundreds of years, that they're not dealing with Robert's Rebellion, that they're not dealing with that kind of thing that's like too close to the main story. Like we'll know some of these houses, we'll know the geography, like we'll know a lot of things that'll feel familiar, but it won't have to like rely on like the story of of having watched the first series. So I think they can kind of just like start anew. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think what Better Call Saul has blown me away with, again, not to get too deep into Better Call Saul because it's not about Better Call Saul, but they lined up with the original story of Breaking Bad so well and they really blurred the lines almost a little bit between the timelines. So you didn't even really know at this point that you're in the Breaking Bad timeline. And I would be I would have been a little bit nervous if we were so close to uh, Song of Ice and Fire timeline with this show. And it makes me feel a lot more comfortable because I if you watched the Obi-Wan series, um, they kind of had to wrestle with this, too. And it felt like there were a lot of things you could poke holes into or pacing issues or things that they felt like they were in a box. And I feel like I would have been a little more nervous about this show falling into the Obi-Wan issue if they were that close. Um, so I feel I totally agree with you, Josh. I think I think the hope is that with this brand new story to a lot of people, because they didn't really retell it in the main show, um, it's going to be almost brand new to a lot of people if they, if they really aren't familiar with the books. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited uh, because they they do have a bit of a time jump in this one. So it's like um, you, you're jumping 25 years back and forth. Uh, for this one so it's gonna be cool to see like you know the young version of like the princess and then the older version like it's just gonna be cool to see the back and forth but I'm glad they did that um, so that they can like progress the story a little bit further instead of like let's start when they're little and then 
you know, it'd be a little slow, I think, uh, if yeah. they did that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that should yeah. be a really cool storytelling mechanism yeah. too, that we'll be able to see. For sure. Yeah, and I'm excited. Like you're talking about jumping in time. It makes mm-hmm. it, I mean we are getting Matt Smith, which is like the only character the only actor that I am familiar with yes. um on the show because I've seen The Crown and um he plays the annoying what I call the the annoying version of uh Prince Philip. I think it's I would not get wrong. Prince Philip, I think. Uh the Queen's husband. Oh and, yeah, Prince <laughs> Philip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's when he's in, at his peak uh like brat and uh annoying version and he so plays I, a role well i guess yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> I, I i think i from what i know again of the overarching story for this series i think i understand why he's kind of cast for this character i mean he's kind of a guy who gets passed over right i think for the throne and that's kind of the uh, main point of the story and so um i i'm excited to see him back because he is a great actor and made me hate him on the crown um but also as you're talking about the time jump i was thinking about like it, it really does feel like this kind of like epic story about succession um you know of who's going to succeed who's going to take the crown who's going to take the throne you know um as these game of thrones stories really are about and i feel like again like what having watched the crown i feel like there's like there's a lot of really good opportunity for a show like that to go back and forth between different timelines and game of thrones is going to give them plenty of room to tell a story as complicated as that and knowing that that's what they did in the first series which was so complicated trying to keep track of all the characters and yet it felt so like uh again emotionally resonant in a way that wasn't just like this heady you know convoluted web of people and relationships um that made it so that you couldn't actually feel like and empathize with the characters they they somehow pulled that off in the original series and i think like they start doing more time jumps and stuff i think like i still trust them to get that right yeah totally Let's jump a little bit into the plot since we're, we're really leaning towards that anyway in the premise of the show. So um, as we mentioned, the show is set 200 years prior to the Game of Thrones uh, Song of Ice and Fire timeline. Um, and it's, it's based on the Targaryen family and it's about 100 years into their reign uh, over Westeros. So it's after, um, you know, they came over from Essos and conquered the area. Um, so it really depicts the Dance of Dragons, which is a, a what they call the civil war um, between the Targaryens that two different Targaryens that both lay claim to the iron throne. So we have Viserys who raised his daughter rain rain. Do you guys know how to Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. I think it's Rhaenyra. 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 Yeah, Rhaenyra. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys <laughs> to succeed him. But after his death, his uh, eldest son to his second wife, Aegon is crowned the ruler. And this kicks off just a big war within the family. And it's based on the George R. R. Martin book, uh, Fire and Blood, which you guys have both mentioned as a novella. Um, that was, you know, a supplemental story to Game of Thrones that what I from what I understand and what I've read about this book is that it's really written as a history book of the time. So the showrunner Ryan Condal has said that it communicates with the history book um, and in a sense the events will line up, but the story is going to be told very differently, which I think is really interesting. And Josh, it kind of lends to what you said about what George R. R. Martin maybe said in his in his blog about how they added some additional material, um, because it sounds like what he wrote in his book was very just factual historical um so it's going to be pretty interesting to see what uh what was added to that and kind of how they maybe dramatized it a little bit yeah i think that gives them room to 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 make a good story because they can treat it as if that's the history historized version of it so then also it's like you know history books are never fully true so uh if they change a few details here and there that might not be how the history book you know has it recorded but here's 
<clears throat> here's how it really happened. Yeah, they're just, they're just adding a little bit more sugar to it, you know? <laughs> um, I, I get that. And it's actually good because no one can really nitpick anything. They, they're just keeping to the history and then adding a little bit more that no one knew about so you know we can't we can't complain right <laughs> exactly yeah. and we've done a lot of complaining <laughs> about game of thrones across I just the cried. many years. i didn't complain I just oh cried. i complained <laughs> i complained a lot <laughs> a lot um he also has said that it's going to be like succession but with dragons which i find very exciting because i am a huge succession fan and if the show is anything like uh how political and the inter you know the um the interactions and the inner workings between this family trying to gain power within each other. I think that's going to be really exciting to watch. And I'm yeah. also really excited to see the Targaryens in King Land King's Landing because we've the whole time essentially in um, Game of Thrones, it was aside from a little bit of season one, it was the Lannisters ruling over King's Landing. So I'm really excited to see yeah. it in a different timeline with a different family maybe the the um economic climate might be different because if if you guys remember in the show um everything everybody seemed pretty destitute starving um unless you were really wealthy so i'm interested to see kind of even just like what the temperature of king's landing is and westeros is in general i want to see Dragonstone. so i'm excited like we got a little bit of dragonstone um you know in the main series mm -hmm. but we only really saw it when it was, you know, Ren, uh, not Renly's, um, Stannis, Stannis's, and uh, I was like, "Rum brother," when Stannis <laughs> had it, and he didn't really do anything with. There was nothing really going on there, and then Danny got it, but you know, uh, not for a long time. Uh, so I'm excited to see it like thriving with dragons. I want to see, uh, uh, I now I forget her name, Rhaenyra, like her there because she rules it at some. <clears throat> at some point because she gets she takes it over when she gets older and whatever so i'm excited i'm excited to see some dragons there i'm excited excited to see what it looked like when it was thriving but yeah what does king's landing look like with actual targaryens ruling it and it not burnt to the ground <laughs> like it was by right. the end by the time danny finally got it right so it's, yeah it's gonna be cool yeah, I think yeah. you also getting to know, oh, sorry, the Targaryen family, like, mm -hmm. we know all these houses super well, and kind of their character, their culture, like, how they kind of fit in, and obviously mm -hmm. things are going to be very different, I mean, even in the teaser trailer, it shows, like, you know, the Baratheons and the Starks, like, kneeling to the uh, Targaryen throne there, but I, I'm just kind of excited to explore another house, we really only knew Danny. new and, houses, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're going to get yeah. some, going to get some crazy houses that we, that are going to be ruling areas that are ruled by, you know, the houses that we know from the seven kingdoms. It's going to be so wild. Definitely. Yeah. And it seems like there's going to be even like a little bit of a, because as we know, um, Rhaenyra is obviously a woman who, and a lot of, it seems like a lot of the trouble that she's not, I don't want to say trouble she's getting into, but the reason why so many people are against her taking the throne is because a woman isn't supposed to rule the kingdoms. And it's very interesting because Danny, obviously, Daenerys in Game of Thrones was very like, I want to break the wheel. I want to be a woman in power. Um, and it seems like even hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this was going on in, in, the, House of the, in, in the House of the Targaryens. So I'm excited to see how maybe some of those dots, gets connect, dots get connected, or maybe we can even tie some of Daenerys's character traits back to her family from hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds of years ago. Um, and I hope that we can, because I know my one of my biggest complaints about Game of Thrones is that they really didn't do 
as much as I wish they could have with Daenerys's character. She was kind of a little flat or one note in a lot of areas, um, especially towards the end. So I hope that, you know, with some of the things we learn in the series, it'll kind of even like retroactively flesh out her character a little bit. Get more. some context. We know yeah. they're now. Yeah. Now we'll know why they're they're crazy. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the years of inbreeding probably didn't help, but also yeah. they're insane, right? And the whole woman thing is definitely the Great Council's fault. They popped it in, and I think it was like one hundred and one or whatever, and we're like, nah, we're not going to have a woman here because technically. Um, Technically, it was supposed to be a woman ruling like she had the uh, it was uh, Viserys' sister. Um, her name is close to Rhaenyra's. It's like um, not Rhaenyra. That's the daughter. But anyways, it was supposed to be the sister. She had the claim to the th- to the throne. And then the great council came in and was like, hell to the no. But no one else will stop them, you know. So right. so I'm going to blame the great count. Con- uh, council on this one f them <laughs> what do you mean councils of men are never yeah. patriarchal and sexist what? maybe what? only those are bad only yeah. do things like that exist yeah <laughs> totally course. yeah um let's jump into some of the characters i have some names written down might need you guys to help me if you know some of the lore behind these characters i have some little notes i took just from some quick research i did but we do have damon he's uh just known as a dragon war- a dragon rider, a warrior. He's supposed to be the Iron Throne, the heir to the Iron Throne when the series begins. I obviously don't believe that he ever sits on the Iron Throne or gets there. Um, do we know much about Damon that we can share today? Is it more so like, let's just find out when we watch? Yeah, the, I think the basics we have about Damon is he is the brother of the king. So mm-hmm. if you think of in relation, so the king had three children, but only one survived, uh, his his one daughter. Uh, so he had no claim to the throne. So Damon is technically the next claim to the throne, uh, if you look at the order. But um, you know, the king's like, you know what? I want my daughter to be to be it. So he was kind of fighting for that. But Damon's kind of a bit of an uh, a jerk, from what I can see in the trailers so far. Um, he seems very pompous. He seems very bratty. Um, so you know, he's gonna fight tooth and nail. I, I feel like for this, uh, from what I can see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I pick up from him. He's very pompous. He runs, um, he switched jobs like a lot, I think from what I can see from the novellas and stuff, because he's just all over the place. But yeah, uh, I feel like he'll be a good warrior, but a jerk, but I think that's what makes a good warrior in Game of Thrones, right? Mm -hmm. Those pompous Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's definitely, uh, well, one of the things I guess I'll just add, um, is just that his dragon, like, so he has a dragon um and it is a like i think both of the main dragons like renaris's and his are like old like they are they They were old warriors ones yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so they were like passed down to them like bequeathed like by people that rode and fought on them before so it's kind of like it is interesting that we saw daenerys's dragons as these baby dragons like these guys are like like battle-tested warrior dragons who've seen it all kind of thing um so both both of their dragons are, are are um like that it seems like it's a big deal in Targaryen culture that, like, if you're going to get a dragon, like, you want to try to conquer these, like, battle-tested older older dragons that were, like, warriors dragons, like, big warriors in the Targaryen history. So both of them have those dragons to tr- kind of prove their, it's the way to prove their worth that they are worthy of, like, ruling, I think, which is kind of interesting. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. And we mm-hmm. saw like a little bit of that yeah. um, in Game of Thrones because Jon was able to bond with yes. uh, Daenerys' dragon. So that's super interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to learn more about the dragons in general. Um, Glances said, sad that they're just instruments <laughs> of war. Let them live. I right? agree. the dragons, correct. let them live their lives. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. Um, but yeah, I'm excited just to learn more about the dragons in general. And I don't want to say how they operate because they're like not machines but just like how they bond with people and yeah and just kind of just the hierarchy of the dragons and the people who are you know riding the dragons because that was such a big deal in game of thrones they made such a big deal about it um so i'm, I'm interested to know more about that lore we also have rhaenyra um who is damon's niece uh she is uh her quest is to rule in spite of the patriarchy um obviously we know that she is um the daughter of uh viscerous so she should be the ruler or be able to sit on the iron throne but they are not allowing her to um which leads us to the civil war anything else to add about her do you guys know anything else about her no the only thing i i will say is uh with the jumps she's seven <laughs> oh in the in the beginning and then she jumps to you know 30 i think 32 something yeah whatever 25 oh, wow. year whatever 25 years is plus seven i think that's, yeah, 32. I think that's great. 32 great yeah. math. <laughs> great math um so that's going to be interesting the juxtaposition between her being really young and then you know becoming probably really hardened with the words of her father who's trying to like push for her to be you know the you know the ruler uh of westeros um yeah i think josh already touched like she has a like really crazy dragon she also um rules dragonstone when she gets older like that's her domain um i believe i think she gets that later um and i don't want to go too deep into detail because i'm sure that will happen and stuff because i know her betrothed and whatever else but we can like we'll wait for the series to chat about that do you know chanel do you know if they are for sure in the show following the same kind of like ages and timeline because i know that is like a big difference between the books and what they did with the original uh game of thrones series was like they just kind of aged them all up up. condensed a lot of those early moments into um so do you know if the show is going that or do you know for sure that they're doing like time jumps between older they're doing time jumps for sure that's confirmed for sure uh i think they are following the ages because i think there's like um I think when she gets married or whatever, like the halfway point, she would have been like a teenager or something like that. Okay. And I think that's sticking to that. So there's definitely time jumps. Like uh, it's it's confirmed that there's like 25 year time jumps because the dance of dragon is the dance of dragons is actually is it dance of, yeah dance of dragons mm-hmm. is actually in 129, right? So <clears throat> they would have to like talk about everything 25 mm-hmm. years earlier or whatever. if that makes sense so she would have to be super young but yeah i think they are going to stick to the ages with this one the only reason they had escalated the ages of the other ones was because you know it would not be very age appropriate to have them as like daenerys as like a 14 year old and sansa as like 11 or 12 or however she was getting married or wherever old she was so um i think it made sense john it was 14 as well like everyone's really young so i think it made sense in that context but for this context uh yeah they're like it's definitely a fast forward for this great Mm -hmm. awesome cool we also have rainus valerion 
So she was a sister, right? Yes. She was a sister and she was passed over for the throne in favor of Viserys back in the day. So that's probably going to be one of the earlier timelines, I would assume. Yeah. Awesome. She should be in both probably. Like I'm not, yeah. I can't confirm because I don't, um, I didn't read any of the novellas, but I feel like she plays a very vital role in the beginning because uh, she is... She's kind of the voice that's in her niece's head. Like, you'll never get it. They'll never, they never want to see one on the throne. They never gave it to me, you yeah. know? So I'm like, they'll never give it to you. So I feel like she'll, she might be like bitter. And if she has the Targaryen in her, probably a little crazy at this point. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. She's also married to a very important person. Um, yes, Corliss. Which, yeah, Corliss. Um, so that's uh, he. I think they control a lot of the seas and, and whatever. They're very good. Yeah, I think his nickname, or mm -hmm. he's also known as the Sea Snake because yeah. of the many battles of the in the sea that he's. Yeah, yeah. And their family, I think, is completely gone by the time we hit the Seven Kingdoms. Like, I don't. If they're not gone, you just don't hear about them. They're not as big an ally as, like, say, um, I was gonna say Greyjoys, but I think I feel like Greyjoys were their own thing and they didn't really do anything. <laughs> I, I, mm -hmm. they, they they took that sea basically <laughs> they like pirated the sea they, yeah like, well the great toys are yeah they're a bigger deal in the books than they are yeah. in the show for sure oh yeah they're yeah. huge in the books we also have otto and alicent alicent hightower their father and daughter father is the hand of the king um he does not like damon apparently and wants to prevent him from taking the throne and alicent was raised in the red keep and apparently is very politically savvy yeah uh, I don't have much on that. I know that, uh, actually, again, I won't go into detail because I'm not sure what will be shown. Um, but um, what was the daughter's name again? Uh, Alicent. Alicent. Yeah, Alicent and uh, will be a big part because the whole war was about the greens and the blacks in the book. Mm. So basically, it's about because basically the whole reason for Dance of Dragons is because when the king dies, it's a battle between... Al, uh, his son with uh, Alicent and and um, the daughter's son, right? And who's both named Aemon, which is hilarious. Aemon mm -hmm. the second and Aemon the third. Um, but the whole thing was to show the the um, the, the fight between the two, or like the disapproval. Um, the target, uh, the daughter would always wear black, and the wife would always wear green. So it was always called the Greens and the Blacks, so, because mm. the Greens were very Greens were a very big thing in High Garden and stuff, right? And and I guess High the High Towers probably uh, ran High Garden at this time before the the um, Tyrells took over, or maybe the maybe not, but they're definitely in that area mm. or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so that she's gonna play. You you can see in the trailer that those two are just fighting all the yeah. time. Uh, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little yeah, uh, West Side Story, Jets versus Sharks, it sounds like. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. Um, we also have Miseria, who is a trusted ally to Damon. That's all I have about Miseria. I'm not sure if anybody knows anything more about um, her. Question mark? I'm not too sure. About um, What's her Miseria? name? Miseria? Miseria? Oh, Miseria is the, um, the uh, mistress. Oh, Damon, okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, I have it as trusted ally, but that... But, <laughs> you better so trust your fair. mistresses. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a good fair. life lesson, everybody. I mean, you can yeah. be allies, but I think at one point he, like, gives her a, a dragon egg. So, like, I, mm, I feel like you give that benefits. to... Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Damon, uh, Damon, it sounds like from the books, is just, like, a total jerk to his... Like, he does not like his wife whatsoever. So he just All has right, this yeah. mistress. 
Uh, I knew Matt Smith was ca- typecasted for this role. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, yeah, I think she's like the mi- she's like the ally, but she's really like his mistress for the most mm. part. Okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last character I had listed here is Sir Kristen Cole, which uh, he plays the King's Guard. Yes, he is. Um, so. I forget who the Kingsguard is. So when the the show starts in the first timeline, the Kingsguard, uh, the um, I forget what they call the head the head of the Kingsguard, but um, the hand I, of the oh, no, um, the the yeah not, something not of the guard. I don't yeah. remember, but uh, I think he becomes it later in the late later in the timeline or whatever. But um, he, I think he, I think he's like severely in love with uh the daughter with mm-hmm. Renaris uh Renaria I can never say her name I I don't even know uh Renira Renira we decided on Renira we'll anyway yeah, we'll find so out. I think he's in love with her at some point or something like that but um yeah he's just like a really good fighter he's actually he actually can has beat Damon a couple times I think something like that so you know just a solid warrior he's very he gives very like um uh what was um what was what's there's so many names in those so many names <laughs> series oh my god um high garden the the grandson who was like the um who was like the really good warrior he gives me that vibes but i forget what his oh, name is right now yes. i'm losing it renly's lover whose name yes. i can't think of I right don't now his name but i yeah, know yeah. and he ended Loris. up in the loris yes, yes loris yeah. yes holy frig why could i he's giving me very <laughs> loris vibes uh except not okay. on the down low you know so he's he's out there but uh i, th- I feel like he's gonna play a big part just because he's in love with uh Renaria, so we'll see Awesome. That's the full list of characters that I have written down. I don't know if you guys know of anyone else who's going to be in the show that you guys want to cover. Yeah, I don't. It seems like they're going to be the the major players. Yeah, Yeah. like you're going to have like the whole um, because um, the king's sister is married to um, the the sea snake or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. So their children are going to come into play. I don't want to spoil why they do, but uh, they they also will get tied in at some point so the children are there i'm, I'm not going to say their names they're going to pop up or whatever <laughs> that's the only other two p pe- that's the only other people i can think of that might pop in <laughs> that are important i guess awesome mm-hmm. cool so this was really great i mean this is really good grounding for me at least into because i've like i think i said earlier i kind of like shut my brain off to game of thrones as soon as the show ended yeah and i saw too. these trailers popping up and i was like i'm just gonna ignore the trailers for now <laughs> and decide when the show comes if i'm gonna dig in and then over the last week i was like all right i'm just gonna get all in i know myself and i'm gonna want to be part of the conversation when the show is live um so anything else um that you guys want to cover tonight i know this was a quick one just a, a quick pre-show kickoff we'll be back next week but uh to discuss the premiere but is there anything else prior to the premiere that we want to cover tonight only only because his name hasn't been said yet, but Raymond Javadi being back as well on the music. Oh, amazing. Is, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's like, great that's, news. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That that had to happen. <laughs> no yeah. one has ever complained about uh Raymond Javadi's job on the no. original series. So yeah. he's probably the only one that has never <laughs> he, his <laughs> job any is backlash. Set. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like if you fired like John Williams from like a Star Wars movie, right. like I feel like it just does not fit. Also, Y'all need to catch a Game of Thrones concert if it comes to your town. Oh, yeah, I've heard. Those are amazing. They're very good. (laughs) 
but yeah. I've heard those are amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. Couldn't let the the first one, first podcast here end without at least his name being mentioned. 100%. Yeah. No. Thank you. He deserves all all of the flowers. Um, awesome. Cool. So we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. But we are very all, all very excited to come back and and talk about the premiere and see you know what we talked about tonight and how it plays into what we actually see on the show. Um, so we'll start wrapping up. Josh, anything to plug? Want to tell the people where they can find you? <laughs> you can find me, yeah, at Josh Kettles on Twitter. Um, it's where I'm most active. I'll be more active during the Survivor season uh, coming up as well, which I'm very excited about in the fall. Um, that is pretty much all I have that's in the works that's announced right now. So yeah, just follow me there. I'll uh, be sharing what's up next. Awesome. Chanel, where can the people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, on Twitch, uh, Coder Girl Chan. Uh, I stream like three, four days a week, variety games. I code once a week if you're into that too. Award-winning streamer. Award-winning streamer life. Yeah. <laughs> Not you plugging me. No, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can catch me on Twitch a lot more. I'm on Twitter uh, constantly. This is my only thing that I'm doing for silent podcasts other than trying to get their website together. So, you know, you can catch me here talking all Game of Thrones things because I'm obsessed. So set. <laughs> awesome. Super excited to have you guys here. Anybody listening, you guys can find me on Twitter at Real Slim Katie or on twitch.tv slash Real Slim Katie with an underscore. Um, I've been just streaming, chatting, talking TV, talking other things. So feel free to drop a follow there. It's free to do so if you would like to support. Um, I am on a few other things going on on Silent Podcast. So you can find me with Carrie covering all things The Challenge USA on TJ Hates Quitters. And on The Cool Water Show with Carrie as well, talking all things uh, The Real Housewives Universe. We've been on a two-week hiatus, but we will be back tomorrow for our 30th episode. We're going to be drinking a buzz ball. I've never had a buzz ball before, <laughs> but we're going to be celebrating. Don't really know what to expect there. Um, and uh, you can find us talking all things Big Brother on Bounce Checks, um, covering uh, Big Brother 24. Myself, Isaiah, Josiane, and Lance when he is able to join us. We actually had Aza join us on Friday, which was super incredible. She was amazing. Um, super excited to... T- I was super excited to talk to her. So feel free to check that out. That is on YouTube and everywhere you can listen to your podcasts. And I am late on bringing up our banner, but let me do that. Um, you can also follow Silent Podcasts uh, on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Silent underscore podcasts. You can follow us on Twitch and, and YouTube at Silent Podcasts. You can go ahead and subscribe to us on, in all of those places. Um, please feel free to Give us a review, a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, if they allow you to rate us. Um, we appreciate a five star. If you have four stars for tonight, just save your five stars for like next week when you think it's a five star <laughs> podcast. Um, but it does help us get um, discovered. So it would be super appreciated. We will have some new feeds coming soon. Um, right now, everything is in one main feed, but we are working very steadily towards getting some different feeds up and running for you guys. So we're not crowding your podcast app. So please stay tuned. We'll share that information for you when it's ready. In the meantime, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.